I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Tick-tock, Nazi doc. It's high noon for Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also occasionally on Gab at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcouture.com. Today is the 133rd day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, that's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You created a whole herd of sacred cows, and now you get to watch them be slaughtered. But don't get too upset. There is still time for you to immigrate back to America. And on that note, a warm Wednesday, high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hi, commies, and welcome. I don't know if you started listening to this by accident, but I hope... You keep listening intentionally, even as I mock and ridicule you. And I know you can do it, or at least I think you can do it, or at least you should work your way up to being able to tolerate such a thing because your air of invincibility is gone and no one actually believes that you're the smart people anymore. Okay, I'm talking about out in the real world, not on Twitter, not in Hollywood and not on the mainstream media, but out in the real world, everyone else can see that all of you have been totally exposed. Come to terms with that. Plan a new path forward so that you can incorporate this massive mistake into who you are and make yourself better for it. You have that option. But otherwise, the thing you have to understand right now is that you are among the last people in the entire world to figure out that Anthony Fauci is a liar and all of the torture you inflicted on your fellow citizens throughout this coronavirus nonsense was for nothing. It was all a lie. Every single bit of it. And you can see it in Anthony Fauci's emails, which I'm going to go through with you. But what you have to understand is that you are among the last, the slowest to understand the most gullible, okay? You can look at Anthony Fauci and read his statements before the end of last March, or I'll even give you the end of April, and you can figure out that that man is a stone-cold liar who was not interested in saving lives. You can figure all that out on your own, and many of us did. And many of us actually looked for the information that might support such a instinct, a gut feeling. And lo and behold, that support was everywhere because all of the evidence has always been only on our side and not the other side, not your side. I'm sorry. I know you got tricked. I know you think you're very busy and doing lots of very important things that are somehow more important than recognizing overt acts of war from communist nations with armies larger than ours. Sure, there's definitely something more important than that. And it's probably your job. 
<laughs> but you are the last to know, the last to realize, the last to understand. Do you understand what that makes you? It does not make you a smart, informed, responsible person. Not by any measure, not by any definition. You are the last to know. And because of that, you need to understand that every time I mock and ridicule you and your communism, it's because you have a mental illness. You have a genuine thinking disease. That makes it impossible for you to be smart. No matter your IQ, no matter where you got that little piece of paper that says, yes, you're very smart. None of that matters. The most important issues in the entire world. And you were the last to figure it out. But sure, commie, you can keep going on with the election fraud is a big lie narrative if you want do you want to be the last to know about that too? Do you want to be the last person to realize that January 6th was not a very violent insurrection by Trump supporters? That's going to hurt, isn't it? Because that's when you started calling everybody terrorists. You were already calling them white supremacists. So don't worry. We know you hate us. We've always been aware of that. Are you really going to be the last to know again? How many more times do you need to be the last to know something before you realize that the people informing you, all those authorities on television and at the Washington Post, the people whose every utterance you believe and will fight to the death for, giving up your reputation and family and friends just to defend these complete and total strangers. How many more times do you want to be the last to know? We are now in June of 2021 and commies are finding out things that people like me were saying publicly 15 months ago. And again, I'm not saying I was the first to this stuff, you know. I took in a broad network of information and I try to synthesize that information into something that makes sense, not only within the collective set of information, but also with what I understand about how humans act and how politics work. Human nature can never be taken outside of this stuff. But you still do it, commies. You do it all the time. And you're going to do it today because you're going to see articles talking about how Anthony Fauci's emails actually make him look very responsible and like he really cares and he's just trying to provide honesty. But that's not what they do. You can read the emails. In fact, I have posted the emails, all of them, the entire set of 3,234 on the info stream. Go back to the evening of June 1st, somewhere around... 6 p.m. or so Eastern time. The document is right there. The emails were not leaked. They were the result of a Freedom of Information Act request, a FOIA. Okay, these are FOIA documents. They are heavily redacted at points because a government agency went through them to do the redactions. They are not fake. They are not leaked. They are not hacked information. They are not misinformation. They are not disinformation. And they are not harmful false information as they're being called by Instagram as Instagram takes down the screenshots of Anthony Fauci's actual emails that have been released into the public record. Okay? Instagram is now censoring the public record. Which should be shocking if you cared about living in a free society, but again, if you cared about that, you wouldn't be a commie. So listen, redeemables out there. I don't know what else to say to you. I don't know how I can be any nicer to you without lying to you. 
Okay, I am telling you the direct truth so that you can understand it as quickly as possible and you can change paths. Okay, that is actually what compassionate people do. You think that compassion and moral action and all of these other things that all that is, is telling you these things that you like believing so that you can never feel wrong about anything. That's not compassionate. That is leading you to your ruin. That is what the mainstream media does. That's what the tech companies do. That's what our universities do. That's what our corporations do. That's what our public health community did. You can hang on to your narratives for dear life, but understand that those very narratives that you care so much about are what is leading you to ruin and future embarrassment and future reputational problems that many of you are not going to get over. The actors that I used to be friends with in Hollywood, all those commies, what do you think is going to happen to them and their public image, having gone along with all of this and participated in it, making fake commercials so you can save racism? Oh, I'm, it's my responsibility. I take responsibility. Nice acting. And how about like the Sophia Bushes of the world calling everybody domestic terrorists? She can't rub two brain cells together. And that's like one of their icons. Hey, redeemable communists, come on back to America. You are shaming yourselves and embarrassing yourselves. And now you are still trying to defend Anthony Fauci because you don't know what the other side looks like, but you know it's scary as hell. What happens when you let Anthony Fauci go? Everything, everything for 15 months has been about you defending Anthony Fauci because you know it'll hurt Donald Trump and his supporters. Don't pretend that's not what you were doing. You were not looking responsibly at all of the facts. You were not choosing not to rush to judgment. You were just wrong. And you were wrong because you had a motivation and your motivation was to protect your fragile little psyches and punish the people who made your little psyche feel threatened. Don't pretend it was anything else. The only other thing, actually, I'll give you one other thing. You're completely lazy and so privileged that you don't actually give a shit about what the truth is, even when the subject matter accounts for the most important issues you will ever face in your entire life, your society will ever face in your entire life. Literally, the future of your children and your children's children is at stake every moment throughout this period, and you did not bother finding out if you were wrong because your life is already easy and because you're not very smart and you are very lazy and you may be successful. Maybe you went to a good college and successful is in quotes. Maybe you figured out how to do one job really well and how to exploit and manipulate situations enough to get where you have gotten. But that's it. You're lazy, you're stupid, and you're privileged. And if that hurts your feelings, own it. Because your laziness, privilege, and stupidity, as well as your overwhelming authoritarian instinct, have brought our society to the precipice. You should be thankful that there are people like us standing in the way of that edge. And yeah, you've been trying to run over everyone. Thankfully, it's not working. Now, something really cool has been happening in terms of the info stream for pretty much this entire time. And I've talked about it a bunch of times. It's been really fascinating and marvelous to like watch this develop as we have completely now crowdsourced research. And by the way, despite any feelings that anyone might have about Q, you cannot deny that the Anons 
basically created the process by which this works. Okay, now we crowdsource research. It is an incredible advancement in the speed of information that the mainstream media and that government cannot keep up with. I've talked about this a whole bunch of times, but this is why they lose every single narrative. Okay, this is why people keep coming to our side more and more and more. We are faster than them. We are bigger than them. We are smarter than them and we are connected to reality. So when some of us receive these 3,200 page documents and then we can immediately shoot it up onto Telegram and say, hey, all of you guys out there who pay attention and who read this and who want to spend some time doing some research, pick a chunk and start hitting us with everything it says in there. And so my channel starts doing that and all like the big channels on Telegram are all into this. Raheem Kassam and the National Pulse people are over it. The Gateway Pundit guys are all over it. And now we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people trying to figure out exactly what's in these emails and exactly what they mean. They're doing background research on the people in the emails, the organizations in the emails, and all of this information just gets freely shared right back into the information stream. And so all of us can pick, pick up on it ourselves and spread it ourselves and understand what the highlights of this 3,000-page document are. And of course, we all have the original document, the source document, the actual FOIA, so we can go in and say, hey, is that email fake? Look at that. No, it's not. I challenge anyone who's listening who has not visited the info stream. Go to the info stream today. Look at the posts from, like, what did I say? 6 p.m. Eastern time, June 1st until now. There is more comprehensive coverage of the Fauci emails than you will find in all of mainstream media for the entire day. Your Apple news feed, that total crock of shit that makes people think that not only are they informed, but that they actually take in a broad number of sources where really it's just about 50 sources that constantly feed you the same information. Like, oh, I read stuff from the Wall Street Journal and I read the New York Times. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you choose the articles that Apple News tells you? Well, that's just brilliant. How did I not think of that? Oh, wait, that's what every basic bitch in the world does. <laughs> so you have the knowledge of the common basic bitch and you are out there shooting your mouth off at people who do research. Come on, commie, you're better than that. You should be able to figure that one out on your own. I shouldn't need to tell you that, that if you do research the exact same way, as some YouTuber who mostly does makeup tutorials, well, there's a good chance you're missing something. So let's check out some of the emails. This is from Sunday, February 2nd, 2020. Anthony Fauci writes back to a man named Jeremy Farrar. And Francis Collins is copied on the email. Francis Collins is the director of the NIH. And Lawrence Tabak is copied on the email as well. Jeremy, sorry that I took so long to weigh in on your emails with Francis and me. I was on conference calls. Tony Fauci, just such a busy guy. Farrar writes back, Tedros and Bernhard have apparently gone into conclave. They need to, to decide today, in my view. If they do prevaricate, I would appreciate a call with you later tonight or tomorrow to think how we might take forward. Meanwhile, and he includes a link to an article from ZeroHedge.com, which is one of those conspiracy sites. And the article in the URL is coronavirus contains HIV insertions, stoking fears over artificially created bioweapon. And Fauci writes back after receiving this email, Francis, do you have a minute for a quick call? <laughs> How come the public didn't hear about that? It's clear that the people leading the public health community, you know, the experts are concerned about this article exposing the 
strong possibility, let's say, that the coronavirus was engineered and included features of the HIV virus. That's something people have said for a very long time, and they were all called conspiracy theorists for it. Does this seem like Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins believed it's a conspiracy theory? No, I don't think that it does. But what else was Anthony Fauci talking about back then? Well, this is Tuesday, February 4th. He was asked a question about transmission, and he wrote, Kai, error in my statement to you. I meant to say most transmissions occur from someone who is symptomatic, not asymptomatic. I am really tired, not much sleep these days. And this was to a man named Kai Kupferschmidt, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Got that? Most transmissions occur from someone who is symptomatic. Now, you could take the view that the media will probably try to take on this and say, oh, well, he just meant more often than not because that's how viruses work. But we've discovered so much and found out that coronavirus actually does really often spread from asymptomatic individuals. They're going to try that. That's not true. And it's never been true. And I have written about this in the controlled de demolition episodes. I have talked about this countless times on here. Last June 7th, I believe, the WHO, a doctor named uh, Van Kierkoven, I'm almost positive, came out and said quite clearly that there's no proof in the world of asymptomatic spread. And if there is, it's extraordinarily rare. This created a hubbub for a day. And then she was forced to retract the statement. Have we seen proof that asymptomatic spread is the primary means of transmission of this virus anywhere in the world to this day? No, we haven't. The knowledge is and has always been that symptomatic spread, symptomatic transmitters are the ones that transmit the disease. They've known this about every other virus. Michael Yeadon was on War Room this morning explaining the exact same thing, explaining the actual method that you would have to have viral load in your throat to be able to expel it. And if you had that or in your airway, I should say. And to have the presence of that would mean that you're symptomatic. And again, said well over a year ago, the only response should have been to completely inform the public, ask sick people to stay home, tell people it's important to wash their hands and protect old people and people with comorbidities, because of course they knew that too. This email is from Wednesday, March 18th, 2020. A guy named Greg Folkers at the NIH NIAID emailed Anthony Fauci, an article from Bloomberg, 99% of those who died from virus had other illness, Italy says. Did you hear Anthony Fauci discuss this at any point? Anthony Fauci wrote back on Wednesday, March 18th, 2020. Look at the hypertension percentage. Does that sound like he's disputing the report? Anthony Fauci knew and has always known that the general public is not at risk of death from the coronavirus. And he also knows that asymptomatic spread really isn't a thing. But yet we were told that the healthy people still needed to stay home and that lockdowns should extend indefinitely. We can't have kids in school. We can't have restaurants open. We can't have bars open. We can't have churches open. We can't have sporting events or movies or anything that anyone actually likes doing. And oh yeah, you know what? We should close down most businesses. And if you can't work from home, well, I guess you just don't have a job anymore. We were told that if we went out and we disobeyed any of those things that I just said, then we're killing someone's grandmother. We, people with no symptoms, therefore no ability to spread a disease that we probably don't have, 
and that 90% plus of the tests are just completely wrong. We're told we're killing someone's grandmother for arguing with this narrative. Hey, I'm never going to meet your grandmother. And since you're such a commie and you're so scared, there's a good chance I'm never going to cross paths with you. If you did any reading, you would know that none of your concerns were valid in the first place. But what's definitely not valid is me having any opportunity whatsoever to infect your grandmother with COVID. If you get sick, stay home. Don't go see your grandmother. If you're not sick, stop being such a dumb commie and go visit your grandmother. You sociopaths. You made it so that people couldn't visit their dying relatives, all based on these same lies. Here's an email from February 4th, 2020. From former Health and Human Services Secretary Sylvia Burwell. She wrote, Tony, two quick questions. I am traveling to someplace redacted. Folks are suggesting I take a mask for the airport. Is this something I should do? Two, please see below. Do the Chinese have needs for support right now? Would money be better spent on diagnostics or vaccine work? Thanks, Sylvia. Fauci responded, Sylvia, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. Okay, got that? Now, right in that statement, he is admitting clearly, okay? Again, yes, this is rooted, okay? It doesn't say it in the language, but you have to understand what he's saying. He's saying that masks are for infected people because infected people can spread the disease. Got it? Which means that if you don't need a mask because you're not infected and you can't spread the disease, what does that say? Well, that says there's no asymptomatic spread. What else could he possibly mean? Literally nothing. He knows that people who do not have symptoms and are not actively infected cannot spread the disease. Masks are for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection. The means by which they do that is something he's about to address and he's addressed before. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. Well, wow. That's exactly what I've been saying for well over a year. There's a reason every day why I say masks and lockdowns don't work. It's because they don't. And this has always been known and it was thrown on us and thrust on us anyway. We were forced to do this stupid dehumanizing thing by communists for the sake of communism. There was no health requirement in here ever. Not even a little bit. The virus can pass through normal masks. He said it right there. There is no means by which a mask can prevent the spread of a virus. He goes on. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in keeping out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low risk location. Your instincts are correct. Money is best spent on medical countermeasures such as diagnostics and vaccines. Well, that's not what she asked. But you got that? This is exactly like what he said on 60 Minutes, okay? So at least he was consistent there. This problem actually did not stem from Anthony Fauci, the mask wearing. But at a certain point, Anthony Fauci adopted it and has gone along with it ever since. He has recommended two masks, knowing that neither of them work. Zero plus zero is zero. One mask plus another mask is two masks on the face 
of one rock dumb communist and literally no one else. You have to have such a tiny degenerate child brain to believe that two masks are going to help you. But Anthony Fauci still went on television and said it was common sense, even though he knows there's no way one of these masks can help you. And remember what Anthony Fauci said as the reason, the reason that he did not recommend masking. He said the reason he didn't recommend masking was because we needed to save the PPE for medical professionals. As if the masks in the store were going to be necessary for the medical professionals while he knew that they don't do anything. Got that? Yeah, I know these masks don't do a damn thing in the world. There's no way they can prevent viral spread, but we got to save them in case the doctors run out. Are you kidding me? I have worn one of those like ear loop masks maybe 10 times, either because I forgot my mask or because I was on a plane. Those are the only situations. Otherwise, if I ever have to put a mask on, it is a bandana. I do that in private businesses. Those don't do anything. And anyone with eyes and a brain know it. Sometimes I feel like That sort of mask, just wearing a bandana is like actually saying, hey, look, you can't even yell at me. I'm doing something I know doesn't work and you know doesn't work and you can't even yell at me. That's how dumb what you're doing is. Find a way to get mad at me that you can even make sense. My mask doesn't work. Well, your mask doesn't work either. How about that, Kami? Can I still be in your store, Kami? But that whole PPE explanation, that's missing from his email to Miss Burwell. Why didn't he say, hey, Sylvia, you know, masks might prevent some viral spread in certain situations. But the truth is, we really need to save them for the doctors in case we run out. Where's that advice? We can literally see him advising someone. Okay, so he went out on TV and told us the lie that we needed to save those masks for doctors, even though they're not at all the kind of masks that doctors use. And hey, if my bandana is helping, then someone can just pull their T-shirt over their face. Why didn't Fauci recommend that? I mean, if we were in a genuinely dangerous pandemic and that level of masking somehow helped, it would be complete negligence. It would be complete dereliction of duty for Anthony Fauci not to tell everyone, hey, we have this problem on mask supply. We really need them for medical workers. But the thing is, you can help us really simply by just pulling your T-shirt up if you're close to somebody. He didn't tell us that. We wouldn't have lost any masks for doctors if he had just told us that. Man, if you tell me something effective, in a situation that is actually dangerous and you can prove it's effective, man, everybody's going to do that. Everybody's going to do that. You wouldn't even get arguments. The argument is because we know you're lying and you have no proof. And this is obviously wrong. And it's obviously dehumanizing. It's terrible for kids. I look at these parents still out there right now, putting masks on their two-year-olds. Like that's child abuse. These people should be arrested. They are destroying their children. It is sad. And yeah, they're their children. So they can decide how they want to treat them. I don't actually want these people to get arrested. I want them to understand what they're doing. And if they continue doing it to the point where it's just obviously abusive, then who knows? Maybe, maybe those children need to go to child protective services because their parents are mentally ill. Now, here's an email from a man named Leonard Trudell. Leonard Trudell is an inventor, and here are some of his patents. Catheter for cardiac injection and method for delivery of therapeutic agents to specified tissues. Biophasic foam blood mass transfer device. Biophasic foam blood mass transfer device. Another patent. Congratulations, Leonard. Prosthesis of foam polyurethane and collagen and uses thereof. Diameter expansion cannula. I have no idea what that is. 
peritoneal catheter circulatory support system. So it sounds like Leonard Trudell is in the medical technology field. So here's the email he sent to Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, this is March 7th, 2020, by the way. May I suggest a question that you might ask of COVID-19 identified patients? Could you ask them if they had received a current flu shot for this season? Since the COVID-19 coronavirus basic construct is a basic flu version with a bioengineered HIV or other component, is it possible that our flu vaccines might have some degree of protection against this new COVID-19 viral construct? I think it is important to ask this question. Dr. Len Trudell. Now, Fauci's response is not in there. But that is not something that we were allowed to talk about. Got that? I can't say if Leonard Trudell is right, but I do know that he's invented medical products. He has Anthony Fauci's email and he feels free to ask him questions like this. Since the coronavirus basic construct is a basic flu version with with a bioengineered HIV or other component, That is a premise to his question. And again, I don't know if this is true. This is not a field that I have expertise in and that I cannot comment on. But there is this narrative about HIV inserts in the bioengineering of this virus, and it's not going away. And it's something that was on Fauci's desk 15 months ago. We were never allowed to discuss this. These discussions got shut down immediately and called conspiracy theories. How dangerous is that? All right, please, regardless of whether or not you want to say, okay, well, yeah, now you've crossed the line. That's, there's no proof of that, okay? Well, I just admitted that I'm not the one who can give you the proof of that. I'm talking now about the things we are allowed to say and the things we are not allowed to say. And the fact that we can't have a discussion like this hinders the response, and that should be obvious. These are important issues. We need to know the answers to this. If someone in a lab that Anthony Fauci was funding with taxpayer money took a bat coronavirus and then threw some pieces of HIV on it? Yeah, I think that's worth knowing. I think we should be allowed to have that conversation. But wait, 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 it gets so much worse. The Federalist has an article out today. A lot of places are covering this. But there's an email exchange from February 1st, 2020 about a paper written by Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick about gain-of-function research on these viruses and how they're going to handle that and hide that. Three weeks ago, maybe it was four weeks ago now, I think it was about three weeks ago, Anthony Fauci was testifying that gain-of-function was not any part of this. It's quite clear that it is and that it always has been. Like I said, great piece in the Federalist. It's up on the info stream, t.me slash I'm your moderator. And then we have emails between Anthony Fauci and Mark Zuckerberg. This is dated March 15th, 2020. Tony, this is from Zuckerberg, just his buddy, Tony. Tony, I wanted to send a note of thanks for your leadership and everything you're doing to make our country's response to this outbreak as as effective as possible. I also wanted to share a few ideas of ways we could help you get your message out. But I understand you're incredibly busy, so don't feel a need to reply unless these seem interesting. This isn't public yet, but we're building a coronavirus information hub that we're going to put at the top of Facebook for everyone. 200 plus million Americans, 2.5 billion people worldwide with two goals. One, make sure people can get authoritative information from reliable sources. And two, encourage people to practice social distance and give people ideas for doing this using Internet tools. This will be live within the next 48 hours as a central part of this hub. 
I think it would be useful to include a video from you because people trust and want to hear from experts rather than just a bunch of agencies and political leaders. Exactly. Let's just put up a few people, really promote the hell out of them, and just go with whatever they say, no matter what. Because people don't want to hear from agencies and political leaders, you know, the people that they put in place to handle these sorts of problems and tell them what's happening. This could be done in a number of formats if you're open to it. Probably best would be recording a Q&A where you answer people's top questions, but we'd be open to other formats too. I'm also doing a series of live-streamed Q&As with health experts to try to use my large following on the platform, 100 million followers, to get authoritative information out as well. I'd love to have you do one of these Q&As. This could be the video we put in the coronavirus hub, or it could be a different thing that we distribute separately. But I think it could be as effective as well. Finally, and then there's a huge chunk of redaction. Again, I know you're incredibly busy, so don't feel the need to respond if this doesn't seem helpful. If it's easy to talk live, give me a call anytime on my mobile phone. And that's, of course, redacted, too. Thanks again for everything you're doing. On Tuesday, March 17th, Courtney Billet at the NIH emailed Anthony Fauci with Greg Folkers, Patricia Conrad, Kathy Stover, and Jennifer Routh all on the email as well. And the subject is ASF, offer from Mark Zuckerberg. Per email below, Mark Zuckerberg has extended a few offers to do videos with you that we would be happy to seek clearance on for you to do if you are amenable. These would have the weight and impact of television, really more so. Please advise if you want to do, and we will seek clearance with the VP office and work with Patty to sort out the logistics. Now, she's mentioning the VP office here because Mike Pence had been put in position to head the coronavirus task force at the end of February 2020. So this is already three weeks into that process. And reading these emails, it kind of brings to light what Trump may have been doing by putting Mike Pence in this position, because we can see that these situations were clearly not handled well. And we know about Mike Pence at this point. We know Mike Pence is a traitor to Donald Trump and a traitor to the country. Back to the email. But an even bigger deal is his offer and then another Line-long redaction. This is probably covering up the redaction in Zuckerberg's original email. I would imagine those two things are connected, if not the exact thing. And they are both redacted under B4, which would be noting that it's the same reason in both instances. The sooner we get that offer up the food chain, the better. I gave Bill Hall a heads up about this opportunity, and he is standing by to discuss this with HHS and White House comms, but I didn't want him to do anything without you being aware of the offer. Is it okay if I hand this aspect off to Bill to determine who the best point of contact would be so the administration can take advantage of this offer soonest? Do you plan to call MZ? His cell number is in his message below. And Bill Hall is the... Deputy Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs and Public Health at HHS. And so Fauci responds to this email. I will write to or call Mark and tell him that I am interested in doing this. I will then tell him that you will need to get for him the name of the USG point of contact. I agree it should be Bill Hall, who could then turf to the White House comms if he wishes. And he finally writes Mark Zuckerberg back. Mark, thank you for your kind note. I tried to call you, but got voicemail. FYI, my cell phone number is, and of course that's redacted. Your idea and proposal sound terrific. I would be happy to do a video for your hub. We need to reach as many people as possible and convince them to take mitigation strategies seriously or things will get much, much worse. Also, your idea about redacted is very exciting. I am copying my special assistant, Patty Conrad. Her office number is redacted. Please have your people contact her to arrange for the video. 
I'm also copying the director of my communications and government relations group. She can put your people in contact with the best person who could be the U.S. government point of contact. So right there, we have this open dialogue now between Anthony Fauci and Mark Zuckerberg. So you can see that what Facebook is doing and what Facebook determined to censor, all of that is done in coordination with Anthony Fauci and other elements of the U.S. government bureaucracy. That should be horrifying. Again, this is the government directing the censorship of political speech and speech about a crucial public health issue and how it was being handled. And the tech companies then guide their censorship based on what's best for Anthony Fauci. This is the same Mark Zuckerberg who donated nearly half a billion dollars to fund the elections. And I'm saying that in the nice way. The truth is he spent all that money to rig the elections and steal the elections. And I would say that he stole them, except it's never going to work and everybody knows it. And it's all coming out just like the COVID stuff came out. These emails are damning. The things that they have done are negligent, they're incompetent, and they're unforgivable. Okay? I have been trying to talk about how bad Anthony Fauci is for this entire time. And that is one of the last things that people are desperately clinging to. It was the most important thing for them to support Anthony Fauci because Anthony Fauci talks to them in emotional language, which they love. And he says all the things that they want him to say. He supports their narrative. They support his. Neither side of it is true, but apparently that doesn't matter anymore. So I just say again, tick tock, Nazi doc. Your time is up. God, it's so awesome that this is happening. Anthony Fauci is the equivalent of Joseph Mengele, and that is how history will remember him. And I cannot even remember when I first said this, the idea that people still don't understand it now is insane to me. Time and time again, throughout the emails, he would say things like, I have no comment on that. Or he would forward it along to have someone else reply. Or he would say, thank you for your note when someone brought out pages of evidence. Or he would say, I don't have time to read that. But he had plenty of time at every turn to deal with Mark Zuckerberg and to deal with his television appearances. But I didn't expect to go on that long about the emails. So changing subjects, some quick stuff. I am looking at this new ransomware cyber attack that is definitely from Russia on a company called JBS that does meat distribution. And apparently they're responsible for about 25% of the country's beef. So we are about to have a beef shortage, potentially, and almost definitely about to have a massive price spike since the demand will go up without the supply rising, which means all of the product costs more normal supply and demand. The problem is that right now, there is not really any reason to believe that what they're saying about this attack is true at all. And it doesn't seem to be from the Colonial Pipeline incident either. Now, there may well have been hacks. Those hacks did not seem directed at anything that could have actually turned off the supply chain for the Colonial Pipeline. And that's a big problem because all the gas got shut down one way or another. There's video from around the country at different gas stations 
where the people who have that gas franchise are saying, yeah, no, we have gas, but corporate told us to turn it off. Now, does one necessarily imply the other? No, not necessarily. And this is unconfirmed. Again, I'm saying quite clearly, this is speculation. This is something I have my eye on, but there is a pattern developing here and we can see the pattern. And the pattern is being communicated from the White House. In fact, let's listen to Jen Psaki. These hackers based in Russia have disrupted American gas supplies and American meat supplies. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that these ransomware attacks have been rising since President Biden took office? Well, first, I would say these are private sector entities uh, who have a responsibility to put in place measures to protect their own cybersecurity. As it relates to why criminal actors are taking actions against private sector entities, I don't think I'm the right one to speak to that. So total coincidence. I think you could certainly go track down those uh, cyber criminals in Russia and have a, a good chat with them. Okay. If you have any leads, we'll take that. Okay. Uh, Got that? It's definitely from Russia. And you're going to have to go to Russia if you want answers to your totally legitimate questions. Now. Her answer to the main question, why are these attacks increasing rapidly since Joe Biden assumed the office of fake president? She says, oh, that's just the private entities problems. They just must not be doing enough with their cybersecurity. Does that pass the smell test for anyone like just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these very Russian hackers figured out that they could shut down these different elements of American society by attacking private entities. Joe Biden has nothing to do with it. And his CIA has nothing to do with it. Even though the CIA has these sorts of programs that can leave a trail that shows that the program that the hack originated in Russia, they have that, but it definitely has absolutely nothing to do with Joe Biden. It's just these private entities getting lax on their cybersecurity. That's it. No big deal. So if something bad happens, it's always a private entity or someone else. It's not because of Joe Biden. The immigration problem is not because of Joe Biden's policies. It's because of climate change. It's not because Joe Biden told immigrants to surge to the border. It's not because Joe, Joe Biden incentivizes people coming here illegally and then ships them off to all other parts of the country where they get free money from communist governors. That's not it. It's because of climate change. And these hacks are not happening more because they serve the administration's needs, and they certainly do. They made gas prices higher, right? They just talked a few weeks before that Pete Buttigieg was out there saying that he wanted to tax mileage so people would stop driving. This raises the price for consumers, which first tells them that they should expect the raised price indefinitely into the future and so that they should change their behavior patterns. Same thing with the meat. We have heard them talk consistently about food supply and food shortage and how they don't want us eating beef at all. Joe Biden said we can have one hamburger a month, but trust us, says Jen Psaki. It's got nothing to do with them, right? And all the bad stuff that they want to do to American citizens also has nothing to do with them. Vaccine passports. Oh, well, that's just private industry. They want that so that they can protect their customers. We might advise them, but it's not us. We're not going to put it into place. On, and then, except for uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, you know, he wants to. But the Biden administration does not support it. It's just the private industries. There is no reason to believe the central narrative about these ransomware cyber attacks. And sooner or later, one of these things is going to break out into the public understanding in a bigger way than the colonial pipeline did. Maybe this is the one we'll see. But sooner or later, what's behind this will be exposed because we win every single narrative. Again, we're better 
We're faster. We're smarter. There are more of us. We will win this narrative as well and get to the bottom of this and make sure that everyone knows it. It's coming sooner or later. Is it this cyber attack? Maybe, but it's coming. And at that point, people should realize, just like they're seeing with the Anthony Fauci thing, that this stuff has been true for a lot longer than they understand. And so what you have in the mainstream understanding is almost a narrative that is working backwards. Okay, like the proof eventually will be the proof of these past incidents. And the truth is that we all could have known about all this stuff if we were living in a state of open information. This is why the censorship is necessary. They can't do any of these things without the censorship. They can't mislead the country about coronavirus. They can't mislead the country about Russian collusion or these bullshit impeachments or the very violent insurrection or election fraud without censorship. It just wouldn't work because the real information would be right in front of people and they would see it and they would have to contend with it. Their neighbors would understand it was true. They would talk about it and nobody would ever believe this nonsense about this or that being the big lie. And now let's see what Joe Biden, the enfeebled usurper of the free world, said himself today. Well, of course, someone who works in the administration obviously wrote this and tweeted it. Joe Biden does not have that capacity. We're witnessing an all-out assault on our democracy, and we need to act swiftly to protect the sacred right to vote. We need the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Got that? Any law around the country, any bill that is up right now to protect the integrity of our vote is being recast as a direct attack on democracy. Now, obviously, that makes no sense. Okay? The people's elected representatives are putting laws in place throughout these states because the people want those laws in place. They want voter ID. They want an end to ballot harvesting. They want an end to mail-in voting, especially unsolicited mail-in voting. That is what democracy says, right? If you're going to go with the majority, which is straight democracy, which is, by the way, not the system we have, and thank goodness. But if you're going to go with majority opinion, majority opinion is with these regulations. People don't want another election like the last election that the majority of this country knows was a fraud. But the key word here is attack. They want people to believe that the country is under attack from the very dangerous QAnons that stage the very violent insurrection. But still, five months later now, who's charged for insurrection? What are these crimes? We have people being held in solitary confinement and being beaten and tortured in our own prisons. Because they were at the event, not because they killed a cop, not because they staged an insurrection, because they were there. They were allowed in by the police. All of this is on video. We can see all this. It's out there now. No, it's not out there to the mainstream people, to all the communists. They don't understand it. They still think it was a very violent insurrection. They think it was a coup. And now they are trying to drum up the idea that there's going to be another coup attempt. And it seems to me, and I could be wrong again, speculation. It seems to me like they are pushing something. They want a race war centered around the Tulsa massacre. And I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they tried to coordinate this with Juneteenth. They want our side to be violent and that has not happened and it is not going to happen because we don't need violence and we don't need a coup and there's no such thing as a coup 
to remove an illegitimate president. But that is the narrative that they need. They have to have that so that they can say that the results of the audits are fake. They'll say that the results of the audit are fake. And then they will paint the response to that as a coup. They are already presetting these narratives. Okay. It's not like they have any evidence to say that the audit results are going to yield fake results. They have no evidence whatsoever about that. They do know which way the audits are going. And that's why Pennsylvania legislators from Pennsylvania are down in Arizona today. And we might get an announcement today or maybe tomorrow that Pennsylvania is going to have a full forensic audit. And we have more states on the horizon. Sooner or later, they are not going to be able to avoid that narrative any longer. So now they are recasting what will happen as a coup. And of course, no one's going to believe them. But the thing is, we still have to push back against this narrative and prove it false. We're going to do it. Is it tedious? Yes. Is it annoying to have to keep doing this? Yes. But it keeps on working and we keep on winning. So we have no choice. We just got to keep doing it until the job is done. And the other narrative that they're trying to wrap up in this is the nonsense about Cy Vance and Letitia James being able to bring criminal charges against Donald Trump, right? They think that Donald Trump is going to be put in prison. Crazy. That's not going to happen. And certainly not in any legitimate way. But they put these narratives right next to each other for a reason. Okay. They're going to say that Donald Trump is driving this coup so that he can avoid criminal charges in New York and thus paint him as some third world dictator. He knows he's going to be charged. And the only thing that can save him is taking over the government in a violent military coup. Now, they are kind of showing their hand. Speaking so openly about the fact that the military would be on Trump's side. But this is still what they're going for. They are trying to make it look illegitimate, no matter what the outcome is, no matter how the situation plays out. I mean, we know the outcome. The election was obviously fraudulent. That's not the part I'm talking about. I'm talking about which path this takes. They want to cover themselves. They want to make sure that no matter how this plays out, it's going to look like a coup. That's how they're going to present it. And they're laying the groundwork for that right now. So that unfortunately means we have to now focus on Letitia James and Cy Vance and make sure that we are ready to absolutely destroy that narrative as soon as they figure out what little piece of fake news bullshit they're going to run with. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, 
or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!